I've been working with my spiritual father. And one thing that he's keep saying is, Adney, you need to learn how to saturate in the word of God. When those fleshly thoughts and those fleshly desires are rising up, the only thing that can put your flesh under subjection is the word of God. So you have to learn to saturate. What we see is Esau saturated himself in the street. Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Adney Godet and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, world, to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Salvani, and I'm here with Sister Adney. Sister Adney, how are you doing on this blessed day? I am amazing, Brother Nick. I am amazing. I can't complain. Um, Just started a new place of employment working at Northside Hospital here in Atlanta. Um, I'm excited for this new venture, this new journey. Um, God has been showing up and showing out in so many different ways, but I'm just so excited for this journey. How are you doing, Brother Nick? I am blessed by the best. I can't even complain, Adney. So we are in, what, the second month? I don't know. By the time this episode air, I don't know. We'll probably be in the third month of this year. But, Adney, I, I, I did a prayer today with uh, my aunt and my sister. And, and I was just reminded how important it is to pray with your family. Because, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I have my family. I'm a married married with children. But just the thought of calling my aunt and my sister and just praying with them, it, it, it was a great feeling. It just felt so good. And I was just giving God thanks for protecting them and for keeping them. And I just began to pray for the whole family because I always pray for the family regardless, you know, with my own family. But my extended family, which is my aunt, my cousins and my brothers, you know, um, it, was just, it just felt good just to pray for them today. It just felt good. And I know that God is doing, God is working. God is working. So although, you know, I don't see the results, uh, you know, cause you know, sometimes we pray to God for certain things and we're like, God, how come you're not moving, but God is actually moving and he's actually, he heard my prayer. So I, I just, it just was a good feeling today. So I feel good. Amen. But I feel good about this episode. So yeah, so we talked about the brother Jacob. And now we're talking about Esau. Esau, amen. Um, and it's, it's uh, you know, whenever you, you hear about Jacob and Esau, Jacob always get the cool points. And when you hear about Esau, it's like, oh, that's the, the bad brother, the bad twin, the bad twin. So we're going to talk about Esau, some of the things that we're going to talk about, about his call, about some of the things he could have done. And some of the things he didn't do and even how it applies to us, because we all know that when we read through the Bible, there's a there's characters or a character that we can relate to. So I think Jacob is I said, Jacob, I think Esau is one of those characters. So uh, to begin with Esau, he's the oldest brother of Jacob and his name means Harry. Harry, I think it's interesting. I think he's like, well, the Bible describes it as being red and uh, hairy. 
So he's the oldest out of the twin, uh, his other twin brother, uh, Jacob. Now, Adney, I think what's interesting, uh, the Bible described uh, Esau as as a, a, a skillful hunter. And he was that, you know, his daddy loved him. That was, you know, we talked about that in uh, Jacob's episode, how there's a lot of favoritism going on, how Jacob uh, was his mom's favorite and Esau was his dad's favorite. And we clearly see it in the Bible where we see that there are times that parents had, you could have favorites. So we see that in the Bible. So um, I want you to pull out your Amplified Bible. And I'm going to tell you where uh, I want to share with our listeners where we believe that uh, Esau went wrong. Obviously, you know, when we hear the story of Jacob and Esau, again, like I said, he was worn in his mother's womb and, and he came out hairy and he's a skillful hunter. So when you think about a skillful hunter, you think of, that's a go-getter. This dude know how to slay stuff, right? And on the opposite end, his other brother, Jacob, was like a homeboy. He's like homebody, a mama's boy. So these are two different type of individuals. Like if we were painting like a, a correlation of how we could say, how can it apply to modern modern time? And we say this is a military dude, a hardcore hood dude, slaying stuff. He bold, bold as a lion. And you have a other dude that's like a homebody. He loved being around mom. And there are a lot of mama's boys. So and I could see why the dad uh, showed favoritism. What, why? Because, you know, most dads, Adney, um, they like their sons to be tough, rough. You know, you don't want your son to be soft. And, and I, you know, I have a father. I'm, I'm, I, I have a daughter and I have a son. I believe a, 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 a true man. He don't want to see no feminine side in his son. So I believe when when Isaac seen his son, you know, skillful hunter, I think he liked those uh, attributes about him that he's a tough guy. He could he's a guy that could protect the home. Nobody will come here because he know how to slay stuff. So what are your thoughts on that before we dive into the scriptures? I think most women would would. um want to be with Esau because they'll feel like, you know, he would protect them. Jacob, they'll probably look at him and be like, man, this this dude ain't going to do nothing but get us killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think most women would have would have leaned towards Esau more because they'll be like, oh, he out there killing lions and tigers in bed. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so, it's funny you said that, right, Addy? Because yeah. like, when I was in the world, when I used to date women back then, women used to always say they want like hood dudes, bad dudes. And then you can have a good dude that got a good job. He's a mama's boy. Women don't want those type of dudes. They want a dude that's rough, that's going to shake them up and, and, and you know, be brave and bold. Because they look at that like protection. Like if a dude has that type of demeanor, he could protect you from anything. So what are your thoughts? I think that's the biggest lie we've been told because there are some men who, look like they can't do nothing but they'll they'll take out a whole village I, I think the thing that we have to understand is don't judge a book by its cover honestly you have to take a look at the character of the man just because he looks clean cut and he ain't busting your head wide open doesn't mean that he's not a protector and he doesn't understand you know what he needs to be doing as a man 
A man that truly values a woman, I believe, will protect her in all manners, in all facets. First and foremost, he will love God wholeheartedly. If we women would really evaluate men, a true man of God, a man of God that doesn't look like the streets, you would realize that you have the best protector ever because this man stays on his knees for you. This man is praying for you before you even meet him. This man is in the in the in the greatest army of all, and that's being a soldier for Christ. Yeah, you're gonna look at him and say, Oh, he's soft, but I promise you, if you go out with him, that man probably could do martial arts. Amen. <laughs> take take out a whole bunch of people, but because you're looking at him as this good guy, you you pass him by. And here it is, you go to, you know, um, Raekwon, because he looks all tough, and Raekwon, the one that's running from the yep. fight, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leaving you behind. Yeah. So, I think sometimes we have to really, as women, in all honesty, we have to get to a place of knowing who we are, so that way we can know exactly what it is that we're looking for. You're looking for a hood dude because you've never felt protected. That's why you look for a hood dude. You're looking for a hood dude because you feel like this is what the norm is. That's why you're looking for a hood dude. But if I'm honest, if you get to know who you are as a woman of God, you will realize Raekwon ain't it. You will see that the man that values you, values your virtue, values you as a woman of God, he's the one that's it. And he will protect you to the ends of the earth. Amen. That's that's what came to my heart. Amen. Um, but this is what I want to say though about Esau. So <laughs> Esau here. So we're going to talk about how what where Esau went wrong. So I'm not going to talk about the birth record. Look, y'all y'all may have to go back to listen to the Jacob's episode. Uh, but where Esau went wrong, he carelessly gave his birthright to his younger brother. So the, we talk about these spiritual blessings. The father, the the fathers, they bless their children. So of course, you know Esau was out there working, hunting. So he was more into his flesh. So when we think about someone that's given up his birthright for a, a stoop, you got to think about you got to look in it in a sense in a carnal mind in a fleshy way that this person had an appetite. He had a fleshy appetite, whereas he sold his birthright. So he got to see twice. So he sold his birthright to Jacob and, and then Jacob tricked, um, Isaac into giving him the blessing, um, um, instead of, uh, his brother. So Esau was wroth. He was, he, he was upset. He was upset to the point, Adney, he wanted to kill his brother. Now that, that had to been some serious blessing. Like he, he had to have known something about that blessing later because it probably was revealed to him to the point where he wanted to kill his brother. Now, that's some serious stuff. So, and, and see, what I'm about to say is is um is something that, because I, I grew up with a lot of brothers, Adney, so I know there are children that are rebellious because he didn't get the blessing from his dad. So now he want to be that problematic child. He wanna, he's going to rebel against his, his, uh, his mom and his dad. So number one, he wanted to kill his brother. And number two, 
Esau went so far to uh, marry women that wasn't part of the family. So I'm like, wait a minute, was he rebellious, rebelling before then? Because it says here in Genesis um, 26, verse 34 and 35, when Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Barari, the Hittite, and Bethmath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, as his wife. And they were a source of grief to Esau's parents, Isaac and Rebecca. Um, I think, honestly, if we really are looking at it in the spirit, when Esau married these two women, he technically disqualified himself for the birthright and the blessing. Because one thing the Lord said to his grandfather was that he would make him you know, make um, Isaac, you know, uh, prosperous, like his, his, his seed would be prosperous. And they had to stay away from the Canaanite people, right? They were not supposed to contaminate themselves with the Canaanites. And here it is. The first thing he does is marry women who are not of his lineage. So what does he do? He contaminates the bloodline. I thought that was just too funny. But Annie, you you right. So yeah, he he did rebel before he actually got disqualified for the birthright. But you remember, the dad's the dad was gonna bless him still. We talked about in um in Jacob's episode how it was the mom doing formulated a plan with the brother, and they say, Hey, you gotta get this birthright. So the dad couldn't see. Blind needed glasses. There was no glasses back then, so he had no twenty twenty. So they exploited him. We talked about the corruption that was going on in the family between wife, son, Jacob, and how they deceived not only Esau, but also um, uh, Isaac. So, yes, so we could see the pattern. Because, you know, some siblings, you could see the pattern that they, they're going in the wrong, wrong direction. <laughs> so... Yes, the first incident that happened to him, he 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 wanted some stew, right? He wanted some stew, right? And and yeah, he got the stew from his brother, and and then yes, you're right. He married a Hittite, two Hittites. He had two wives, and now his daddy still. So it goes to show you the sovereignty. He still was gonna get the blessing, but the parents formulated a game plan. So his mom may probably may have discerned that because Adney. So I would tell my wife this. I would tell my wife. I say, um, hey, hon, if Elijah, whoever Elijah married, how you gonna feel about the woman? And my wife always said, um, she better be a God fearing woman. She she better love the Lord. So I guess the only way that I could look at this, may it's just maybe I don't know. Maybe Rebecca, the mom, probably said, you talking about these two women? These two women right here, they, they're Hittites. That's not a part of the family. Okay, so I'm going to formulate a plan. I'm going to formulate a game plan so therefore we could take your blessing because in my heart, in my mind, you disqualified. What are your thoughts on that? Verse 35 says, they were a source of grief to Esau, to Isaac and Rebekah. Esau's wives, they they weren't good women. They they showed their tail, okay? The mama couldn't stand them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You, you, 
Let me tell you something. My greatest prayer, and I pray this for women who are single, I pray this for men who are single, is that you have the best in-laws because a lot of times you're going to have to go to your in-laws to find out stuff about your spouse. Unfortunately for my future husband, he don't have that. But I have a spiritual mother that he can go to that God really opens my heart to her and she sees me and it's like she gave birth to me. But my greatest prayer is for a woman of God to understand her place in her husband's life and understand that his mother is still his mother and respect her to that retrospect. And my prayer is that the mother respects the wife and understand that the moment your son said, I do, that's it. Yeah. Mama, you don't. The wife now takes the responsibility of your son and you take that step back. But my greatest prayer is that from the moment that this man and this woman meet, that the mom in the spirit of discernment sees that this woman fits her son spiritually. Because again, looking at Esau, he probably just looked at these women and say, dang, she bad or they're bad or whatever. But he married two women. Not one, but two. When we look down his lineage, who married two women? Lamech. So he repeated a cycle that was supposed to die. He repeated a cycle that was against God. Right? Because when God created the man, put him in the garden, and then he created a woman, he only created the male and female. He ain't create Adam and then create two women for him. He created one. So in essence, Esau transgressed the law of God by marrying these two women. Not only did he marry these two women, they were not women that were pleasing to God or the plan that God had for their their lineage. So yeah, Rebecca may have gone and, uh, you know, plotted and schemed and said, nah, these women are not getting this blessing. They ain't getting nothing. <laughs> as a mother, as a mother of an amazing son, if if my son was to choose the wrong type of woman, I promise you not, and I'm being honest, I'll probably be the woman that, that, uh, um, that'll just contaminate. Like, nah, you're not getting in this family. My son deserves the best. <laughs> and I'm being honest. My son, my son deserves the best. But guess what? As a mother, it is my duty to make sure my son is the best for his new wife. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. 
Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. But you know what? I, I don't think um, I don't think Esau understood the significance of the, the spiritual blessing. Because again, like I alluded to, you can see the pattern, his pattern. Um, everything, everything that we read about Esau, it's like, man, you can say, man, this dude life is going left. He already started bad. This, this, this dude, this dude here, um, chapter 25, sold his birthright, right? Chapter 26, marry uh, some women that are out of the family, out of the godly family. And uh, 27, uh, get deceived, and now he want to um, kill his brother. So you could see the pattern. And, and it's sad to say when individuals are in elementary school, Adney, they could, people, teachers could tell the direction that a child is going to go. And statistically, they could tell, okay, a person always going to be late. Chances are that child going to always be late for, for work. If they have a pattern. Because our lives, the pattern, the way, the way we do things in life will tell on us. Or what type of person we're going to become. Now, um, although you may experience those type of things, Jesus is the only one that could patch and put everything together. Because we talked about how Abram came from a broken home. Abram, Abraham, I know a lot of people know him as Abraham. Abraham's daddy was an idol worshiper. He wasn't even a worshiper of God. And look how God called Abraham from a corrupt background to, to, to um, be that promise that would bring many, many to him. In other words, the seed, which is Jesus Christ, going to come through that lineage and that everybody else could be saved through Jesus. So God could take something that's broken. God could take something that's, that's crooked and and he could make a statement. That's what the preachers say, right? So, but the thing is, um, our our past uh, should not really dictate our future because obviously most of us have corrupt past. Like we were like, man, you know, I got I came from a bad neighborhood. I came from a a broken home. Uh, my mom was a single parent. My dad wasn't around. But that should not really dictate your future because only God could patch that stuff up and make it right. But we could clearly see here: you got a a, a husband and a wife, and I also with two children. And uh, Jacob and Esau, one is not a homebody. You could clearly see, okay, he's not a homebody. <laughs> so in other words, he's experiencing life because Jacob is home. Them homebodies don't experience life. They don't experience the world. It, it, it's like a, a Disney character, that princess that always stay in the castle and she's always looking, looking outside the window and she's singing her Disney songs and like she want to experience the world. She want to know what everybody else is experiencing. But until, until she meet Prince, Prince Charming, that's when she could experience the world. So Esau is the one. Esau is out there already. He's out in the world. He's in the wild. So we could see that he didn't have any spiritual traits. Yet, although he was a skillful hunter, that's a good attribute to have. He's a skillful hunter. In other words, he's not kill something and eat it and feed his family. But at the same time, he has these fleshly desires. Instead of praying, Instead of fasting, he has these fleshly desires. Like, he's like, hey, brother, I would sell you my birthright. I'll give you something that's spiritual if you give me something that's fleshly that's going to feed my appetite. That's, that's Esau right there in, in 25. 
in number 26, we also see that same, that same pattern, that fleshly desire, because when men want to have multiple women, that is a fleshly desire. That means you're a selfish individual because you're trying to please yourself. You're selfish. So we see that same pattern as we've seen in Lamech. We see that in Esau. That is a fleshly desire because God only wants us to have one wife, one woman. When a man want to be a polygamist, want to have more than one woman, that's selfish. It's a selfish desire from the man. And now we see this pattern of he's becoming more worldly. He's becoming more fleshly. He's becoming more carnal. So now, when the, the, again, the mother had to discern that. Like you said, Adney, these two women ain't going to be a part of the family. So she had, to, she had to come up with something like, okay, the homebody that really haven't experienced much, Jacob, you haven't really experienced the world like your brother. Let the blessing go, go to you. Because you're going to do what's right with it. And rightfully so, when his brother wanted to kill him, Jacob went to his father, his uh, father's homeland. So, again, we see this in Esau. So Esau also, I want to say this, Addy, before you add your, your two cents in. Um, you're probably going to add like a quarter and a dollar because you know you got some wisdom. But anyway, so Esau is also Esau tribe, also um, well, let me, before I go into Esau tribe, because Esau is also known as the Edomites. So when you hear about the Edomites in the Bible, that's the lineage. They came from Esau. But years later, when Esau wanted to kill his brother, uh, years later, Jacob and Esau, there, there was some reconciliation. They, they, they made up, they came together. And that's what I like what they did, Annie. So, um, it's found in Genesis 27 and we could read it. Genesis 27. Uh, verse 41 and 45. I know y'all said like, man, this Esau, you know, and Addy, I don't know, maybe you want to add something before, before we get into uh, Jacob and Esau reconciliation. Anything you want to add before for that? Or you want to talk about the reconciliation? Um, You said everything. Cause as you were talking, I was like, the only thing I saw was flesh with Esau. Esau was just a fleshly man. Yeah. Um, He had no yeah. reverence for God. Um. It's, it's, it's like us humans today. I've been working with my spiritual father. And one thing that he keeps saying is, Adney, you need to learn how to saturate in the word of God. When those fleshly thoughts and those fleshly desires are rising up, the only thing that can put your flesh under subjection is the word of God. So you have to learn to saturate. What we see is Esau saturated himself in the street. <laughs> you know? He was a skilled hunter. Yeah. He was out there experiencing life. He led with his eyes and not his spirit. His, his, wow. his flesh dominated him. His eyes, what he saw is what it was. When he was hungry and his brother said, sell me your birthright and I'll feed you. He didn't say nothing to the point of, wait a minute, I'm the older one. So no, the birthright stays to me. No, what he says is, man, what is this birthright worth to me? I'm about to die. Feed me. Right? So we see that his eyes is was the focal point of his walk. There was no relationship with God. And you see it, number two, the women he married. I'm almost certain he knows his parents told them that they were set apart. They were different. Just because they lived in that land, 
That did not mean that they were supposed to co-mingle with the people in the land. So I'm going to take it to us Amen. now. Christians, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We're set apart. We're different. We need to walk in that difference. So that's all I have. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.